Oh man, I just love it out here on this uh, fishing boat. Hey buddy boy, throw me that anchor so we can uh, put the boat right here. Uh, this is going to be a good spot for us to do some fishing. Yeehaw! Hey, speaking of anchors, by the way, if you guys want to make an amazing podcast, all you got to do is download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Yeehaw! Hey, buddy, give me a beer so I can drink this. With a, ho, 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 this is some good stuff here. Yeehaw! Hey, Brent. Hey, Tori. What are you up to? Well, you know, I just finished uh, selling a whole bunch of life insurance, and uh, I was just thinking, sitting here thinking about movies. Oh, you sold a whole bunch of life insurance today? <laughs> whole bunch what'd you do today oh man i didn't sell any until the last phone call can you believe that hey 11th hour i like it oh man it was a tough day for me how many did you sell not not really that many maybe seven (laughs) seven that's a lot wow congratulations that's awesome thank you yeah um well, I'm uh, I'm excited to shift gears a little bit. Um, I was hope- hoping I could find a buddy to talk about movies with me. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> I would love to uh, take you up on that offer. I, um, I, I love movies and I'm excited that this is our first episode of Pitch and Popcorn. And um, so if you don't mind, Tori, um, if you can give our listeners kind of some insight on um what you feel might make you one of the best people out there to give recommendations to folks uh, to watch movies. Um, to what, what, what qualifies me to, to advise people on what they, sh- what movies they should be watching. That was a um, much better version of what I just said. Absolutely. <laughs> um, well, I mean, I've, I've been started off in the movie business. Um, my, one of my very first jobs was working at, working at the, my local movie theater. Um, so I've always had a love of movies. Um, also, I just, I watch a whole lot of movies and um, really enjoy all types of movies, enjoy analyzing them and um, sort of, you know, picking out what makes it good um, and, um, you know, why, why, why we're drawn into them. Um, so, um, you know, especially, I, I mean, I, I hope, hope you see later today, I like a lot of diversity in, in my movies as well. Um, so what about you? Very cool. Very cool. Well, I'm, I'm very excited to hear about uh, the movies that you would recommend for our viewers. And I've always been into movies as well. I remember when I was a kid, I, I grew up with my mom and um, she traveled a lot with work. And um, a lot of times, like she might have a trip out to Los Angeles or uh, Colorado or, you know, Massachusetts or whatever, and she would do the business part of the trip, but she would add a little bit of a short vacation on it. Um, and so growing up with her, I got, I had the opportunity to travel a lot. And I remember one time in particular, um, we were in San Francisco and I had to, it was actually a Los Angeles, San Francisco trip. And I had to fill a lot of time. And there was a movie theater close to where we were staying. And I think that's where I really got into watching movies. And, um, you know, we had uh, we had HBO uh, when I was a kid. So I was always watching HBO. And I've just uh, just had a tremendous love for movies. In fact, something you may not know. 
Um, when I was about eight years old, I was in the newspaper. Um, <clears throat> I was at a. Uh, I did not know this. Tell, tell me more. <laughs> I was um, I was at a Fourth of July parade, and um, my my grandfather uh, was after he retired. He was into arts and crafts, and so he made the rubber band guns and the slingshots. But he also made these walking ducks with the flapping feet. Have you ever seen those? Yeah. Yeah. I know what you're talking about. Have you? Okay. Mm -hmm. So I was walking one of those wooden ducks at a 4th of July parade and there were skydivers there. It was a really cool deal. It was right by this lake um, close to where my dad lived. And um, so they took my, my picture, they put it in the paper. And as an eight year old boy, I was just amazed. I was so excited to be in the paper, you know? And um, that really, um, it really drove um, my my whole interest. And I mean, you know how when you're a kid, do you remember what you wanted to do when you were a kid? Did you ever have a dream career? Yes, I want. I really wanted to be a veterinarian when I was a kid. Did you really? Mm-hmm. Okay. So did you grow up with a lot of different pets or dogs or cats or what? Um, yeah, we had, uh, lots of dog. We had lots of dogs. I had a few cats in there and we had, we, uh, we had a, ra- uh, a couple rabbits for a while. That was, that was fun. Oh, cool. Well, that's yeah. neat that you say that because I have three daughters and one of my daughters has the same dream and she's always wanted to work at a veterinarian clinic and she's applied every year, even though she's still too young to do it. I mean, she's 13 right now, but she's applied for the past few years. And, um, so, but anyway, um, that's cool that you have the, the, the same dream that she has. Um, but, um, so sorry, I got off track there for a minute, but, um, when I was, um, so when I was eight, I wanted to, I love the fame and the recognition. And so, um, I, I, I decided I wanted to become an actor. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, I started taking acting classes and, um, and then I was an extra in two movies and, uh, I even, uh, in, in high school, I was a photographer and then in college, I, I got a degree in radio, television and film. And so the idea was, you know, um, that, uh, my parents wanted me to have a backup plan, uh, you yeah. know, and that backup plan was that degree in, in radio, TV and film. And so then in college, I made a movie review show um called the view from 702 and we had a deal with a local movie theater where we could go over there as long as we made a commercial for them we could uh uh, we could watch movies for free and so i've just had a love for movies ever since and so um you know that's what gets me excited about uh this new podcast for everybody because i think both of us are really we have just such a great love for it and we're so excited about it and it's so cool to have met you uh, at, at our place of employment and to find that you have that same interest that I have. I mean, that's just so exciting to me. So uh, without further ado, I think we would like to get to, um, if you if you will, would you mind sharing, if we were to start with maybe um, your top five movies, if you could start with um, the one at the very top, the fifth one, yeah. and tell well- us how you know, whatever you'd like to tell our listeners about that. I would, I, I want to dive into that, but real quick, I just have a very uh, important follow-up question about what you shared. Um, yeah. So when people, uh, when people are aspiring to, aspiring to be actors, I feel like they usually have like 
an actor in mind that they want to be like, like, um, you know, I would want to be Sandra Bullock if I was <laughs> trying to be, I would want like her career and her type of films and all that. Did mm-hmm. you, when you were pursuing being an actor, what, who did you have in mind of like, I want to be the next, like, boy, whoever. That's a tough question. You know, what's, what's funny about that question. The first thing that I think of is that, um, <laughs> I remember, um, this is really silly, but my mom used to say that I looked like a young Robert Redford, right? <laughs> and I didn't, I didn't ever see it. I didn't ever see it. But, but I think if, if I had Your mom to, saw it. That's... <laughs> my mom saw it, right? But, but if I had to, um, the next thought that comes to mind is, at that young age, what was I, what was I into? I would say there were some... Um, like some skateboarding and some BMX type movies at that time. And um, I remember there was a movie called, I think it was called Gleaming the Cube. Have you ever heard of this? Gleaming the Cube? Gleaming, gleaming, like G-L-E-A-M-I-N-G, Gleaming the Cube. Gleaming the Cube. No, I've never I heard think, of it. Yeah. Um, and if I'm right, um, it was Christian Slater that uh that was in that movie right i like that yeah and and so um tony hawk was in there as well a big time skateboarder uh but this was a very young christian slater and so i would have to say if it was my choice i think that uh really it would have been it would have been christian slater um he's he's actually been uh one of my top uh favorite actors um, out of all the different things that he's done. And so um, that's a really cool question. You really had, had me thinking on that one. <laughs> <laughs> that's a great answer. Um, Christian. Yeah. Okay. No, it's helping me paint a picture though of, of, uh, of uh, what you're, what you're going for. Um, mm-hmm. But no, that's great. Um, and no, I'm excited to talk about, talk about Christmas movies. Uh, I feel like they're so telling and they're so personal. Um, I was talking to someone yesterday and um, he said, my number one movie he said he didn't like it that much and I was so offended <laughs> I just feel like they uh our, our hearts are are very tied to these movies that we love so I'm excited to um share share that with you and um and hear what you have to say okay. um I also feel a little bit like it's November 18th so I was a little worried that it's um like too early to be talking about Christmas movies but um you know what it's the t- it's the time. I feel like it's Christmas time, and especially this year, like just bring it on. My <laughs> my brother and his uh, and his wife they put up their Christmas tree on like November eighth, <laughs> uh-huh. and on a norm on a normal year, I would I would uh, maybe maybe I would say that was too soon. But this year, I'm like, you know what? Let's do let's do what makes us happy. So <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. With, uh, you know, the stuff that we've had to deal with uh, since, what, March of 2020, we're ready. We're ready for to have a nice Christmas and, you know, driving around in the neighborhood, uh, taking the kids to the bus stop and that kind of thing. I've already I've seen folks already putting up their Christmas lights, you know, and I think usually people wait until what the day after thanksgiving to do that i guess right is that typically when people do that so yeah i mean i like this i like december 1st personally but yeah do you okay (laughs) okay you know and it may be because you're from the north i'm from the south it may be a little different i don't know is that traditionally when 
you guys would do things uh, like that would be, is that kind of a Northern culture thing? No, I think I'm just a little uptight about it. I think that's. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. <laughs> well, you must like to go, um, you must like to go uh, shopping the day after Thanksgiving, I bet. Is that right? I, yeah, I, I Are do. Are you a big shopper? I Black don't. Friday shopper? Yeah. Well, yeah, that, you can't, you can't give up the shopping to put up the Christmas lights. You know, you got to have some time to, to put that up. So yeah, definitely. Well, um, but, I'm excited. I can't wait to hear. Um, and I know our viewers can't wait to hear either. Um, what would you say would be your uh, top five recommendation all right, for so Christmas I'll, movies to see this I'll, year? I'll, I'll preface this by saying that my, my I'm bookending my list with a couple of classics and in the middle, it's going to get progressively weirder. So everybody, everybody just buckle up. But Okay. Um, the the number five um, on my list is um, Charlie Brown Christmas. It is one of it's one of my favorite um, favorite movies generally. Um, and if I mean if you if you only hear one thing from me today, it's you should go watch Charlie Brown Christmas as soon as possible. Um, it's just such a classic. It's been around since the '60s. It's a nice, quick, thirty-minute film, um, which I love and. Um, feel like the the like the joy per minute that you get from this film is like unparalleled <laughs> um from any any other movie out there um but um and for those for people who maybe have not seen charlie brown um charlie brown christmas in the past um it's really this like very beautiful relatable story of our hero charlie brown he's feeling so discouraged because he thinks that christmas is over materialized and um, kind of empty and shallow. And he, so he goes on this quest to like learn the true meaning of Christmas. And along the way, all like all of his friends and his, even his baby sister and his dog are like not, <laughs> not helping him. And they're all giving into like the cultural, you know, cultural commercialism of Christmas. And he's, he, he's like so discouraged. And we kind of go on this journey with him and, um, and eventually his friend Linus is like, Charlie Brown, I can tell you what Christmas is all about. And, you know, so he breaks down, you know, the story of Jesus being born. And um, and then um, and then on the at the end of the story, um, spoiler alert, but um, the end of the story, um, Charlie Brown is sort of accepted by his accepted by his friends and feels a little bit more fulfilled about Christmas not being not being empty and all of his friends come around in a circle and sing together. Hark the Herald Angels sing. And it's like, it's just so beautiful. <laughs> um, and I feel like it's, um, it's, I think as I was thinking about this movie and like why I really like it, I think I was struck by like this idea of like the emptiness and the commercialism and the, sh and the shallowness that like we feel even in the midst of all this excitement of Christmas, like th this has been a feeling that has been do like documented for, for decades. And so I thought it was, I think it's kind of cool that I like the feelings that this cartoon character is going through are so relatable, even, even today, you know? Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, you cannot go wrong with Charlie Brown's Christmas. Um, that has been a favorite of mine as well. Um, you've got all the different characters in there, uh, Patty Pigpen, Charlie Brown, 
uh, Violet, Linus, uh, Sally, Luffy. <laughs> who's who's one of your favorite characters in that series? Ooh. I I mean I love Sh- I love Schroeder. Um, uh-huh. and I I, uh, <laughs> I uh, well I love Lucy and Schroeder. I feel like I relate to Lucy a lot. Um, she's she can be a little bossy sometimes. Um, but um, but yeah, Lucy and Schroeder are a couple of my favorites. Absolutely. Um, and I do want to share. I I don't. I this is just one little fun fact I learned when I was researching this movie a little bit is. Um, so there's, there's this thing called the Charlie Brown Christmas tree. It's this sad little tree that Charlie Brown buys and he's sad that no one loves it. And, um, and in the end, all of his friends help him kind of beautify the tree. And, um, but you can buy those little trees now you can buy like, you know, Charlie, it's basically like a stick with some pine needles on it. (laughs) You Mm -hmm. can buy those now. Um, but I was reading that back in, in the, the late fifties and early sixties, those aluminum trees were like all the rage and everyone had them. And it was very, it was very popular to have an aluminum tree in your home. And then this movie came out in 1965 and then like immediately <laughs> ev- like everyone stopped buying aluminum trees. And so by I think it's uh 1967 they just stopped producing them regularly and so like that even at the time even when this film was first made it was like a huge cultural phenomenon and everyone was like we need a we need a real tree we don't need let's get rid of this aluminum tree so I thought that was pretty cool that I mean it 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 has a cultural impact now but I mean right from the get-go it was it was uh hugely important to the culture Oh, yeah. I mean, I can see what you're referring to right here. And it's got the little uh, it's it's got a couple of branches coming off of it. And uh, and then um, right at the bottom, it's got uh, two pieces of wood uh, to to hold the tree in place. That is so cool. I didn't know that that created like a a change in the culture. That is such a cool fact about that. Very cool. Awesome yeah. choice. Thank you. What do, yeah. what do you got, Brent? What's your what's your number five? Well, so this one you said that um, that one came out in 1965. Um, I have uh, my in my top five right at the top there. Um, I believe this one came out in uh, just about four years later, um, 1969, and. Um, it's called Frosty the Snowman. And um, yeah. And so Frosty the Snowman, just um, just the memories that I have as a kid, uh, you know, you, you know, um, of, of the uh, corn pipe and the and the black cat and, um, you know, just uh, just having that snow uh, is just such a. Um, uh, an amazing thing to have. I, I grew up in a, in a town where we, uh, we might have snow, I don't know, once every two years. And, um, in my lifetime, I think I've only seen, um, over 12 inches of snow, maybe twice, two or three times. Mm -hmm. Right. And so that's just such a, such a cool, um, uh, thing to have around Christmas time is, you know, you always want to have a white Christmas, and uh, that just that that show right there gets me in the mood for Christmas. Um, 
And, you know, you it's... Should, you um, should come to Michigan, Brent. It snowed here last Sunday. <laughs> it's a, it snowed here last Sunday? Right. Yes. Yeah, I know. I, well, you know, believe it or not, um, so I live in Texas, and uh, in February of this year, we had, I, I mean, this is something that people here have probably, they hadn't seen in probably, oh man, I don't know, 100 years. We had 21 inches of snow. Mm. where I live in Texas and luckily we didn't lose power uh, we didn't lose water but I mean just to see that in Texas was just such an amazing thing did you make a snowman yeah actually we did make a snowman (laughs) yeah we had to that's just part of it you know we didn't have the corn pipe and the top hat but you know we had to we had to make do we had to uh you know kind of figure out um you know, kind of like MacGyver. That was one of my favorite shows growing up. You know, we had to uh, take some bubble gum and some toothpicks and just just make the snowman with what we had. You know, <laughs> um, but um, absolutely, uh, Frosty the Snowman. One of my uh, top choices for Christmas movies, and um, he's just got magic fingers as well as a magic hat. You know, and one thing I don't know if you've noticed this. Um, but if you watch carefully when uh, in the show, when Frosty attempts to count to 10, he actually he has five fingers on one hand for a brief moment. And then when he clasps his hand and flexes his digits, he's down <laughs> to four fingers. Right. So that's just, you know, you, you see these little um, little bloopers or, or different things like that. But um, you'll have to watch it again to look out for that. But that's one fun fact about Frosty the Snowman. All right. Well, moving on to um, the top four, what would you say your uh, your top four Christmas movie recommendation would be? Um, well, so this one is, is fresh in my mind, so I'm excited to talk about it. Um, this is This movie is called Love Hard, my number four. Mm-hmm. It just came out on Netflix um, this month, I think. So it doesn't doesn't get any newer than this. Um, it's a romantic comedy Christmas movie, which is now a well-worn genre that many people know and love. Um, and it's basically everything that you want from that type of movie. It's silly. It's heartwarming. It's kind of irreverent. There's a lot of jokes about um, old people using dating apps for hooking up. And that's really funny. <laughs> and mm-hmm. um and I just feel like it's like, um, it's a holiday romantic comedy for like the common man. Um, there's no, there are no A-listers in it, um, unless you count Jimmy O. Yang, which I do not. Um, and it doesn't take place in a big coastal city. It's set in upstate New York. Um, and even like the, the female lead, she, like, she travels from her house in L.A., um, for most of the story. So it's all like it's set in this small town. Um, so basically the premise is that these two people meet online. Um, the girl decides to go surprise the guy for the holidays and she um, flies uninvited, I'll say, um, to his hometown to surprise him. And um, surprise, it's not him. Um, so <laughs> she ended up getting catfished online. Um, and it turns out the guy was using uh, real photos of some other guy in his town um, to you know try to date her. I don't know his end game there, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but then in order to redeem himself, he ends up trying to set the girl up um, with the guy that he was pretending to be. 
Um, and you know, I'll, you know, I'll say the overall plot is pretty predictable. Um, but it takes some fun twists and turns. Um, and you know, they kind of, they, you know, they get a little deep sometimes they kind of scratch the surface about like why, why we lie to each other, why we try to present false selves or our, you know, our inauthentic, um, and, you know, or why you would maybe present yourself to your family, even in a way that, um, that isn't genuine. Um, but they do that in a way that like keeps it fun. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so that's cool. And I just like, I mean, my favorite thing about this movie, like, just cannot say enough. It, it feels very current. Um, I spent a lot of time the last year or so, like watching old movies, like watching old classics, um, like Citizen Kane and the matrix, which I had never seen before. Uh, so, so, um, so it just felt good to like watch something that was like, Oh wow, this movie is from 2021. And I can tell, um, like, I mean, it's about like people meeting online and it's about, you know, that that's very like current. And, um, there's this great like joke running joke about how you can't sing baby it's cold outside anymore um which you can't you shouldn't sing a song um but it's all but it's all like very 2021 um minus the covid references thank god right so yeah yeah, it's it's just it's just very fresh and current and refreshing mm -hmm. yes that is definitely one i have seen as well and i i i agree with all of your recommendations i mean i think you're right on point it is current and and I do love the fact that it doesn't you don't see people wearing a mask in it. I mean, the, you know, you here lately you, you've uh, you've seen these uh, TV shows and uh, and that, that they're still wearing the mask and you're like, oh, my gosh, man, when is this thing going to end? So, yeah, you're, you're I mean, this is this is a, a great rom-com. Uh, it's uh, it's got uh, great characters in there. Um, it, it really does, uh, touch on some things that are, that are going on these days in the present with the catfishing and, um, and it does it with style and, uh, and a lot of, uh, a lot of fun, uh, comedy, laughter. Um, if you're looking for a great movie to see that'll, uh, that'll really kind of, um, take you out of, uh, the, the humdrum normal, uh, life and and uh and uh really get you laughing this is uh this is a, a top choice for sure yeah i also i mean i've i've come around to these uh holiday romantic comedies i i have a lot of friends that love the the hallmark christmas movies and i'm not i'm not there yet i'm sorry to anyone that offends but <laughs> <laughs> but the, some of these netflix holiday holiday comedies are pretty good right oh yeah and there's so many different choices these days with Netflix and Hulu and Apple and uh, Vudu and and uh, man, I mean, you know, uh, Amazon Prime. You can uh, you just have so many choices out there. What are your some some of your favorites beyond Netflix? Uh, some of those uh, um, subscriptions that you recommend? Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna save I'm gonna save it for my number three. My number three okay. is a Hulu, but um, okay, okay. But you, get, you got some Hulu coming your way. I love Hulu. There we go. Uh. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> but what's what's your number four, Brent? Okay. Well, so my number four, this one is um, back in my youth as well. Um, this one, believe it or not, uh, this movie is partly responsible for the creation of the PG thirteen rating. Whoa. Yeah, isn't that cool? 
And so some of of those old older PG movies are a little racy, I have to say. That's right. That's right. (laughs) Well, um, so um, Steven Spielberg is really the one who's responsible for the introduction of the PG-13 rating. And um, it's actually in two movies. Uh, One is uh, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, which he directed and Gremlins, which he was the executive producer on. And um, so basically, um, these were rated uh, PG upon their release, but they were criticized for not being kid appropriate. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so basically, to avoid being slapped with an R rating in the future, Spielberg uh, actually suggested that they add a rating between PG and R. And so actually, uh, there was another movie uh, around this time. Uh, that was actually the first movie to be released with the new PG-13 rating. And this was August 10th of 1984. Do you remember seeing the original Red Dawn? I no. Have you not seen that one? I have Ooh, never seen that's it. That's one you'll have to see as well. Uh, okay. Do you like Patrick Swayze? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so um, this is, the, this is the, the original Red Dawn. Now, there's two of them. But this okay. is the 1984 edition. But I thought that was really interesting, the PG-13 rating. Mm. And um, some other things that are kind of interesting about uh, this movie. Uh, well, first of all, I haven't even told you the name. Uh, well, yeah, I did. It's the Gremlins, of course. Who can forget the Gremlins, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but uh, some other things that are kind of neat about the Gremlins. Um, you know, do you know who Gizmo is in the Gremlins? I have never seen the Gremlins. You've never no. seen the Gremlins? No. Okay. Well, I think you'll be surprised to know um, that uh, there's, a, there's a guy that's uh, uh, doing a lot of work these days that was uh, hired for the role to be the voice of Gizmo. Um, and that uh, particular comedian is named Howie Mandel. He was actually the voice no of Gizmo. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, some some fun facts there. Um, Another thing that um, there was another actor who helped voice the Gremlins. And uh, did you ever see any of the Police Academy movies? I have. No, I have not. You haven't seen any Police Academy movies? Okay. Um, Well, there's a guy named Michael Winslow, and he's better known as the guy who makes all of the funny noises in the Police Academy (laughs) movies, right? And yeah. if you if you happen to watch, do you watch um, America's Got Talent? Yes, that is something okay. I've seen. Yes. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, did you hear recently? They had Michael Winslow. He was um, he was taking a stab at uh, getting back into uh, the thing that he specializes in. Do you remember seeing a guy that made a lot of funny noises that was in I think the top top ten? of the uh america's got talent most recently okay all right well anyway his name is michael winslow and um it he is hilarious with all of these sounds that he makes um but he um um he was in the police academy movies and uh again this is uh showing my age here (laughs) but um i will say also that um security was very tight with the gremlins um, there was no CGI at the time. And so the creatures were, um, they were just the, these little puppets 
Um, and it took a, a major chunk of the film's budget. But what they had to do when they left the set each night, the security personnel had to ask the uh, cast and crew to open the trunks of their cars to ensure that they hadn't stolen any of the of the props. Right. <laughs> so. Um, so that's a fun fact about the gremlins. Um, let's see. What else can I tell you about it? Um, now, there's uh, the actress in there uh, that plays the girlfriend, Phoebe Cates. Uh, mm-hmm. She was actually a controversial casting choice. Um, and the reason why is because she was in another movie before that called Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Did you ever see that one? I was not allowed to see that film, but I know what you're talking about Phoebe, there... with Phoebe, Phoebe Cates and coming out of the pool. Yes, <laughs> that's exactly why there was a controversial casting choice for her. But uh, she did a great job in the, in the movie. <laughs> And um, so um, let's see. What else can I tell you about the gremlins? Can I ask Um, you a question about the gremlins? Sure. Um, So I I have not seen it, but I was reading about it this morning. And I I found this article that was like, is the gremlins a Christmas film or not? Or is it a horror film? And Mm -hmm. I'm I'm curious if you can speak into that of what 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 makes it a christmas film and just i don't i'm not i'm not challenging your choice i'm just i've never seen it and i'm wondering if you can rebut this article i read that's mm-hmm. that said it, absolutely. it's a horror, horror film absolutely so the reason why it's a christmas film it actually in the film it takes place around christmas time but um gizmo is the cutest little animal that you've ever seen <laughs> and so what happens is um he um He's actually, uh, he's the cutest little thing. You said that you love pets, right? And just imagine mm-hmm. the cutest little, um, uh, I guess you would say, if, if, um, if you loved, what was it, dogs? Is that what you're, yeah. okay, yeah. you grew up with dogs? So mm-hmm. you could say he, he's kind of a, a cross between um, a dog and a teddy bear, right? But That's just adorable. imagine the, the just adorable, cutest little teddy bear slash dog that you can uh that you can ever see right now the the thing there's some rules with the gremlins though okay <laughs> okay the thing is is you're not you're not supposed to get them wet okay mm-hmm. and and you cannot expose them to bright lights either and whatever you do don't feed them after midnight okay because and and so uh, the movie starts out, it's got all of the Christmas love, everything, you know, the, the snow, it's got the family, it's got the little pet. And so guess what happens? Somebody makes a mistake, right? Somebody mm-hmm. makes a huge mistake and gets Gizmo wet. Oh, no. And then they expose him to bright light. And then the worst part is they feed him after midnight, right? <laughs> and so... Um, if you haven't seen it, I don't want to ruin it for you, but um, it, uh, the, the, the gremlins, they actually, what happens is they multiply, right? And then there's this one gremlin called Spike, and yeah. he's, he's like the leader of the, of the bad gremlins, right? And I mean, it, it just goes, it goes on a, um, a comedy trip of of i will say it there's a little bit of uh, scariness to it right okay but the fact that it's got the cute and cuddly gizmo the <laughs> fact that it's got the 
the snow and the and the Christmas time of year, there's some nice romantic parts to it. You know, you've got your rom-com stuff in there with the boyfriend and his girlfriend. So mm-hmm. it, it's really, you know, it's really got some nice family-oriented type stuff in there, which I think is important for Christmas movies. Mm-hmm. And um, so I don't know if I defended that well enough, but I hope I did for those that I'm, love the I'm, snow out here. I'm satisfied and very cute. Mm-hmm. That, okay. That was- Okay. <laughs> well, good. Good. I I uh, I'm I'm intrigued. I uh, well, think I'll add it to my list. All right. Good deal. I I I, I was hoping that you might. <laughs> well, good. Well, so moving one, I think we're coming to the top three. So, what would you say your top three choices? All right. So, as I as um as I kind of alluded to before, this this movie is on Hulu right now. I think it came out last year 2020 might have been perhaps the only christmas movie that came out last year mm-hmm. um but it's, it's called happiest season um and i feel like it got slept down a little bit i don't feel like it got really its due um and um i mean just alone like the first like the the biggest headline about this movie i think is the cast so i'm just gonna name drop for a second it has Kristen Stewart, Allison Brie, Aubrey Plaza, Daniel Levy, Victor Garber, Mary Steenburgen, and Anna Gasteyer. They're oh, wow. all in it, in one movie. Um, and um, <laughs> so it's a romantic comedy. It's about this woman named Harper, and she brings her girlfriend home for the holidays, but she's not, she's not out yet to her family. So at the last second, she asks her, her girlfriend to keep things a secret. And of course, that doesn't make anybody feel good. It's bad for their relationship. Um, and so, yes, this is another comedy film about lying to your family, (laughs) Uh, but it's hilarious. And, um, so Harper's dad is running for mayor in their town. Her mom is perfect. Her sisters are all super competitive and the whole situation is super stressful. Um, but I feel like watching it, there's this very relatable tension, like no matter who you are as an adult of like being a young adult. And then going home and trying to mesh like your current life and who you are with like the version of you that your family knows. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just, I feel like that's like a very relatable feeling. Um, and I've, it kind of, it kind of has, I think potential to be divisive because it's same sex romantic comedy and society isn't used to that or whatever. But um, I just love like how normal this movie is. It's like not preachy. It's not weird. It's not over the top. It just is like, literally what it follows the basic holiday rom-com formula to a T. Um, and we love that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh yeah. Feels, yeah. Um, and it just feels like so reflective of all, all like everyone's story or, you know, most people's stories of your real life with your real family, um, becoming an adult, figuring it out. Um, and like all, all of that, like, like being known and being yourself just like is not, not always an easy transition to make into adulthood. Um, And yeah, so there's this one part that I love. I think it's my favorite scene in the whole movie um, where Kristen Stewart's character, um, she's angry, understandably, and she's kind of sulking a little bit about having to keep things a secret. And then Daniel Levy, who most people know and love from Schitt's Creek, um, confronts her about it. And he's like, you know, it's, and it's like very real, very serious. And he, and he confronts her for, for basically whining and not, not understanding. And he's like, you know, maybe it was easy for you, but it's like, it's not easy for everyone. And, um, 
you know, it can, it can be, you know, like, you know, being, being your full self and being your honest self is, is, um, it's not always met with it with acceptance. And, um, I feel like that conversation was just like, it was just so real and such a, such a testament to the complexity of, of relationships and like how we love each other well. Um, and that scene just like made the whole movie for me. Oh, wow. Well, this is one that I haven't seen, so I'm going to have to take your recommendation. Um, I, I am a big uh, Kristen uh, Stewart fan as well, and uh, Mary Steenburgen. Uh, did mm. you know that she has uh, a home uh, in Little Rock, Arkansas? Did you know about I that? I did not know that. Yeah. Um, her and Ted Danson have a home in Little Rock, and uh, that's where I'm from originally. Um, and, and she's actually... Um, she's actually from Arkansas originally. Yeah. Oh, did cool. you know that? I did not. Have you, cool ever, have you ever seen them like out and about at the mall or anything? <laughs> no, I never have. You know who I did see in Little Rock though? Um, another actor that lives in Little Rock. Do you know who Judge Reinhold is? Yes. Yeah. And <laughs> believe it or not, guess what other movie he was in? What? Fast Times at Ridgemont High. <laughs> yep. Absolutely. <laughs> And um, so I have seen him there and I actually met him in person. Um, he actually was um, given a speech at uh, one of the places in downtown Little Rock. And uh, I got to go and, and uh, meet him. And that was really cool. But haven't met Mary Steenburgen or Ted Danson yet. So I'll just have to keep looking for him. <laughs> I think you will. I bet you will someday. Well, hopefully, hopefully. Well, I've definitely got this one on my list. Um, these are uh, two of my uh, top favorite actresses, and uh, I'm definitely going to have to check that one out. Oh, yeah. And you've got the, uh, you said uh, uh, Anna Gastower is in there as well, and she's mm -hmm. from Saturday Night Live. So she's actually uh, yeah. one of my favorites as well. So I'm yeah. definitely going to have to check that out. And Aub well, Aubrey good. Plaza is one of my, one of my, she's my girl and she put, she's just so weird and, <laughs> and she's weird in this movie in a different way. And, um, I just love her so much. <laughs> so what are some other things it? that she's been in that she I might be April on parks and recreation. Okay. So that's probably her biggest claim to fame. And then she's done, okay. she's done a couple other, most, mostly of my, like in smaller indie movies. I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha. you. She's probably in a, a headline movie I can't think of, but <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah. Well, good. I'm I'm definitely going to have to see Happiest Season. Now, um, if we were to uh, transition over to my top three recommendation, uh, this one actually um, is uh, one of my all-time favorites, um, and. Um, Believe it or not, with this particular with this particular movie, um, the uh, the the key uh, character in there, um, what I found from doing my research on this was they actually um, they actually had a hundred kids audition for the part of this role, right? Wow! Um, but the kid that actually nailed it uh, was. Um, Macaulay Culkin and this is uh this is Home Alone mm -hmm. and he plays Kevin McAllister and uh some fun facts that I found out about Home Alone is that 
did you know that it was a Guinness world record holder for more than 25 years? For what? It became, it became the highest grossing film of 1990 wow. and earned a Guinness world record as the highest grossing live action comedy ever domestically. And it actually held on to that title for quite some time. It held on it for, uh, for 27 years until a Chinese blockbuster called Never Say Die knocked it out of the top spot in 2017. Wow. And um, another uh, uh, Saturday Night Live alum that was in this movie is uh, John Candy, right? Hmm. And would you believe that he wrapped all of his filming on Home Alone in one day? <laughs> and it was a long day, too. It took him 23 hours, to be yeah. exact. Wow. Um, and so um, his, his character in this movie, uh, you know, John Candy was a regular in many of John Hughes's movies. Um, and the uh, so he plays a... Uh, a polka playing nice guy in Home Alone. And his character was inspired by his character in another movie called Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. And uh, another fun fact about, yeah. about Home Alone. Um, now, you may not be aware of this, but um, the, um, in Dallas, Texas, there is a couple that has uh, some Airbnb properties. And one of their properties has uh, the, the uh, decor on the inside of this property has all of the Home Alone uh, decor in there. From, um, and, and we've actually stayed there. Um, oh, it's yeah. something you can find on Airbnb. And, um, and uh, so when you walk up to the house, you can see uh, the statue of the golfer. When you, when you walk in the door of the house, you can see the train and the Michael Jordan um, uh, oh, I forget what you call it. Um, the but he, some, what the, uh, the stand up, what do you call those things? The cardboard cutout. That's it. The cardboard yeah. cutouts. Right. So you can see Michael Jordan peering out through the window there in that <laughs> a cardboard cutout. And it's got the furniture and the red chair. It's got the Doritos and the Pepsi. Um, you walk into the dining room it's got some fake macaroni and cheese. So you can get all of these great photo ops and put them on your, whatever your social media platform is. Um, you, uh, one of the coolest things that the owners of this Airbnb do is they include on the uh, coffee table, a $20 bill that you can use to pay for a pizza from the local pizza restaurant and they will deliver it. And you can just slide that 20 out, outside on the front porch and they will put your pizza right there just like they do in the movie and they also have the micro machines in the hallway so you're walking through there slipping on the micro machines it's got <laughs> the paint cans hanging from the ceiling in the boys bedroom it's got the bunk beds it's got the tarantula and the cage it's got all of the trophies of yeah. buzz you know i mean it's just got all of these awesome photo ops in there and uh, so we actually uh, stayed there earlier this year um, uh, for my birthday, uh, went over there. And uh, <laughs> now this couple that owns this particular property, they also have a Back to the Future themed Airbnb and a Saved by the Bell themed Airbnb. Now, I haven't been to those, 
right? Uh, but, uh, but you know, weren't you trying to get to, a free? Are you trying to get a free stay over there by mentioning hey, this? Hey, absolutely. <laughs> Whatever works, right? Whatever works. So, um, you know, got to be on on your top five list somewhere. Home Alone. Uh, hopefully, our viewers I, will agree with us. What I do you think like, about Home Alone? Um, one thing I've realized about Home Alone in the last couple of years, probably, I well, no, definitely because of Shit's Creek coming along. Um, mm -hmm. And being such a phenomenon and then like from like experiencing Catherine O'Hara in this new way, like Home Alone came out when I was a kid and I didn't like she's just the mom. Like she's not like I didn't appreciate like she's a comedic like powerhouse. Like mm -hmm. <laughs> she is so like she's been in so many films and like um, such a mainstay at Second City. And I didn't even I had no idea um, like how. <laughs> how much of a big deal she was until I started learning about her because of Shit's Creek. And I don't, I don't know. I just, I feel like, I mean, I'm glad I know now, but mm -hmm. <laughs> I feel like for a lot of people who like, who, if, if we were young when that movie came out, like that just went so over our heads that, um, you know, the talent that's oh, yeah. there. Oh yeah. It's amazing to, um, you know, to that um, these actors and actresses have been in so many different, movies and shows and to to still be able to do what they're doing i mean they're just amazing at what they do you know mm -hmm. and 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 they're there for for our entertainment and uh <laughs> they just create these uh wonderful memories for us and um yeah absolutely i mean she is amazing um and uh it's it just you know when you think back to a lot of these movies that we're talking about and you think about um these actors and actresses that are affiliated with uh, the different ones. It's just really how it's really cool. How, how small of a world it is, you know? Yeah. And, I also and... didn't know that the thing about John Candy shooting everything in 23, 23 hours is it makes mm -hmm. sense. Cause he's supposed to be like all disheveled. His character is supposed to be all like disheveled <laughs> mm -hmm. been on the road for hours. So I bet that actually worked really well. Oh Yeah. I can't imagine working 23 hours straight. I mean, I remember being an extra in movies and they were 12 hour days, but I cannot imagine uh, 23 hours in one day to, to yeah. get uh, all of your filming done. That yeah. just blows me away. Um, well, good. I'm so, going to make a joke about how they were all probably on drugs, but I won't. Oh I won't. yeah. Probably <laughs> so. Yeah. That's probably the only way they could have done it. Right. Uh, they needed me, something to get them through but let me, uh, uh, let, me let me transition to to my my number two um okay. which is um i'm excited to talk about this movie it's a, it's an indie movie it's called spencer um and it came out this year i just saw it um a week or so ago in theaters um it's an art house film um and it i mean i'll be honest it's a little weird even I thought, even I was like, this is a, a little bit much, but um, also like, I just, I, this is the second movie that I have mentioned, which stars Kristen Stewart. And um, honestly, I don't even like her like that, <laughs> but she's like, she's just a good actress. And um, mm -hmm. I want to give credit where credit is due. Um, and th there's actually been a lot of um, Oscar buzz about her performance in this role in Spencer as Princess Diana, and I'm I'm saying it now. I think it's very likely to happen that she's going to get nominated for an Oscar for this film. Wow! Um, and all of her like 
her energy and like her kind of awkwardness that she has like if you see her in interviews and stuff it's just like so well like channeled and repurposed um into her portrayal of princess diane this movie and it just it just works really well um and so she's she's just like throughout the whole movie she's very tense she's very like stifled and um like constrained is probably the word i would use to describe her Mm -hmm. Um, and so she she just like portrays that very well in her body language and it's it's just cool to see Um, and even like the way that she not so much what she says but the way that she speaks it's it's done really well and then throughout the throughout the movie it's like broken up there are like these little brief moments of relief where she um, her character is with her kids and 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 it's in those little like small moments small windows of time where she's like she's allowed to like be silly and um, and just like relax and, and she's not so tense and, and you can even just like see like like she, she's acting like she's and she's doing it so well like like you can see her body language just change like so abruptly um, between those scenes and I, I think it's it's just really cool to see um, and this look this qualifies as a Christmas movie because the entire thing takes place over three days um, on Christmas Eve Christmas Day and Boxing Day so it's just like this little window of time um and it's the movie is like this very extreme version of an uncomfortable holiday event that you have to go to you can't gotta put a smile on and you can't relax um but it's not so it's it's um it's about princess diana um kristen stewart is playing Chris, christmas Di- princess diana um but it's not a biopic it's not it's not supposed to be necessarily factual um there's actually a title card at the beginning that says um, this is a fable from a true tragedy. And mm-hmm. I thought that was really cool because it's like they're they're kind of like freeing themselves from the facts. And um, it gives them a lot of artistic license to just like tell the story, indicate feelings. And it's not um, they're not they're not necessarily trying to like give you the historical perspective. They're trying to 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 present like the, the human side, like as they interpret it. Um, mm-hmm. so I, I thought that was really refreshing, especially in the face of, I don't know, I don't know how much, uh, uh, Princess Diana content you're consuming, <laughs> but, mm-hmm. but there's a lot out there right now. Like the crown is huge. There's all these documentaries that are resurfacing. There are all these TV shows about the Royals. And so I think like kind of having this film as like, like same subjects but not necessarily married to the historical facts is is kind of a cool way to to portray like the the human aspect um and yeah so i mean like i said it's kind of visceral it's it's a little weird there's one part of the film where she kind of she like pulls off she rips off this pearl necklace that she has on and and all the a bunch of pearls fall into her soup and then she eats up the soup and like crunches on the pearls and you're just like it's so cringy wow (laughs) <laughs> but your body react it's just it's just crazy but like you're in it and you're like why why are you doing that um but but even even with that it's like it's such a beautiful film it's so engaging um and it's it's i think it shows so well like the ice isolation and the disconnection that the main character feels um even though she's like surround she's surrounded by her family she's surrounded by all this activity but, but like she's alone and um, you know, I mean, loneliness, again, very, it's a very relatable feeling. And so um, I think, yeah, I, I think it's, it's just good um, to be able to, to, to see those stories and, and kind of, you know, know that other people like feel these, feel these feelings that we feel sometimes. And 
So the way the way the story is told, um, I think is beautiful. It is weird, but it's again, I mean, it's new and, and it's fresh. And I, I sincerely think that we're going to talk about it again during Oscar season. So that's wow. why I recommend it. Wow, that's amazing. I, this is one that I haven't seen. And um, it's probably because um, now, did you find it on Amazon Prime or iTunes or Google Play? Where did you find it? I watched this movie um, in the theaters. Okay. Really? Okay. I did. Uh, where did what? Uh, I was in the at, town I you live in, or was this in the theater in New York? Actually, last, it was in New York weekend. where you yeah. saw it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Because I I noticed that it's it's not uh, let's see it's not streaming at this time. But after its theatrical run, you'll be able to buy it and rent it on Amazon Prime, iTunes, and Google Play. But how cool is that? So did you did you just recently get back from a trip to New York? I did. I uh, did? Treated, my, treated myself to a weekend in the city for my birthday last weekend. Very cool. Well, happy late birthday. Thank you. That was a lot of fun. So you used to live in New York for a while. How long did you live there? I lived there for seven years. Wow, seven years. Okay. Yeah. So what? Um, so when when you were thinking about moving there, what uh, what were some of the things that um, that made you decide to to do something like that? Because to me, that would be such a huge uh, thing for me to do to move to a big city. You know. Yeah. Um, you know, thing, things were just right. I was I was living in Florida at the time. Um, I was a little discontent with my job. Um, one of my really good friends was moving to New York at the same time. And it had some, it had been something I had always thought about doing. Um, mm-hmm. Like I had thought about going there for college. I thought about going there after college. Um, and it just never seemed right um, financially or um, I guess financially. Yeah, it's expensive to be <laughs> there. <Yes>. Um, <laughs> But um, at the at the time, just all of those things lined up really, really well. And um, so I went and I didn't really have a plan. I was like, I'll stay for a year and see how it goes and ended up staying for for seven. And wow, um, it's a it's a wonderful place. Everyone should go. (laughs) Uh, That's amazing. I I I hope to go back as often as I can. Yeah. Well, I've I've been to New York City uh once i've been to lake placid and albany and i've been to um uh niagara falls mm. um but uh so you lived in the city i lived in the Was city it... yeah I, I lived in um i lived in queens for a couple of years and then i lived on the upper west side for a couple of years oh my gosh i can't i can't imagine because the um one of the guys that we work with uh he used to travel he used to commute two hours each way to get to the office two hours in the morning two hours in the evening and so you know now that uh we're we've been working remote he is like so thrilled <laughs> to, to to not have to do that in his daily routine did he live in new jersey i feel like jersey people do that and i'm like Why? it may be I, that may be what it is yeah yeah, that may be. Well, good. Well, thank you so much for sharing, Spencer. I'm going to have to check that one out for sure. Well, now my uh, top top two pick is um, is something that uh, I think you might be familiar with. Um, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Uh, Clark Griswold, right? And um, if, if, you know, some interesting uh, facts about this particular movie. 
Um, if you notice when you're watching the movie, um, if, if Clark's childhood home that's featured in the old movies looks familiar, mm -hmm. that's because it's the same house featured on Bewitched, as well as the new Gidget. Wow. Um, except it's not a house at all. It's part of the Warner Brothers backlot. Um, and the rest of the uh, Griswold's neighborhood is on studio backlot as well. And uh, interesting fact, uh, you know, the, the neighbors, uh, Todd and Margo, uh, you know, Elaine from Seinfeld, right? Julia um, Louis well, there you go. Um, another Saturday Night Live alum, right? Um, and that's uh, what's interesting about that is uh, the home of Todd and Margo looks familiar because it's actually where uh, Roger Murtaugh which is Danny Glover and his family lived in the movie Lethal Weapon. Mm. Um, and another interesting fact about this movie, you were talking earlier about how there was only one movie that was one Christmas movie from last year, right? Mm -hmm. Well, did you know that in 1989, there were only two Christmas movies released? Whoa. And there's uh, an actor that uh, he... Um, the son in Christmas Vacation. Um, he was actually in both of these movies. Um, Johnny Galecki. John oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So he was in uh, John Hancock's Prancer. And <laughs> he was also Rusty Griswold in Christmas Vacation. So he starred in both of those films from 1989, both of those Christmas theme movies. He is not someone I look at and think like jolly. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, but Let's you know, he's one a of Christmas those... movie. <laughs> right. Right. But he does, he does such a good job in that movie. And, um, and I've recently uh, become a huge fan um of uh the the tv series uh, that he's in or he was in of course you know what i'm talking about right big bang right well big Ro bang roseanne? theory Are you talking yes about roseanne? yes <laughs> <laughs> roseanne as well right <laughs> yes that was one of my favorites back in the day yeah um, yeah and so uh some other interesting facts about uh christmas vacation um so um Let's see, you know, you remember Cousin Eddie, right? Well, he actually uh, borrowed a lot of those uh, mannerisms from a guy that he grew up with in Texas. Uh, so that's kind of how he came up mm. with that character with the uh, tongue clicking and everything like that. And there's a particular scene in the movie uh, where uh, Chevy Chase, uh, the part where he is uh, going off about his boss, uh, and, and what's, what's interesting about this particular scene is that it was blocked in such a way that it would allow, um, all of the other, uh, actors to have, um, these pieces of rope with a cue card attached around their neck. And so, um, Clark Griswold or Chevy Chase, his rant was divided into sections so that he could go all the way through from the beginning to the end without a chance of for forgetting his lines. And if you watch it again, you'll actually see him. You'll see his eyes go from character to character as he's going on about this speech, right? Because mm -hmm. he could not remember the lines. 
Um, and there's also a, a super fan um, in Ohio, Wadsworth, Ohio, that has uh, at his home there. Uh, in fact, I think I saw something on Facebook today that they just started decorating their house, but they decorate it with an exact duplicate of Clark's lighting arrangement. And <laughs> they even have a replica of Cousin Eddie's RV out front. Wow. Well, so a uh, lot of fun facts about uh, Christmas vacation. Uh, so that has to be um, my my top two choice of Christmas movies that you just have to see. Mm. Um, and so um, I appreciate you letting me share that one because that is one of my favorites. I'm I'm happy to hear that. Um, <laughs> I'm surprised that uh, I'm trying. That doesn't make sense to me that Chevy Chase would need the cue cards, but. Um... I appreciate, I mean, it's nice that everyone was so accommodating to him. I guess he was, you know what, I guess he, I'm trying to think, make sense of this. He was, uh, on, he also was on SNL for a while. He um, was. He got, maybe he got used to the cue cards. There you go. <laughs> that's what it was, I guess. Yeah. Well, you know, that's the thing. I, I think that's the thing that kept me from acting is I don't, I couldn't have remembered all of those lines. You know, that was, that was the hardest part. Um, mm. I, I would have to have the, the cue cards out there for sure. I couldn't do it otherwise. Yeah. But it was a pretty a pretty long rant, if I do recall correctly. So, uh, yeah, you'll have to check that one out for sure. All right. Well, I think we're moving into your top number one slot for the number one. movies that you recommend. What, what you did you save for last year? Are you ready? Mm-hmm. All right. Well... Um, you know, for me, I feel like there was no other choice. This is the greatest Christmas movie of all time. I will fight anyone to the death for it. Um, it's a wonderful life. Um, this movie, I have literally, I think I've literally seen it at least once every year since I've been alive. Um, <laughs> my family watches it every year on Christmas day together. Um, mm -hmm. it's really sweet. It's one of our uh, favorite traditions that we do. Um, I'll just give you a very, very short synopsis. Um, so the main character, he's a little boy in a small town. He has big, uh, his name's George. He has big dreams of traveling the world, building things, um, and, you know, being an architect and explorer. Um, but he never, he, ne he grows up and he never leaves. Um, his family and the family business kind of hold him back. And so he stays in his hometown. He gets married, has a family, and, run the, and runs the business. Um, and, you know, by all accounts, has a pretty normal full life there. Um, and then at one point, the richest man in town ends up stealing a bunch of money from him, which will result in ruining the family business and would send George to prison. Um, and then when this happens on Christmas Eve, no less, um, <laughs> George actually considers killing himself because surely his life has amounted to nothing. Um, and, and then just in time, his guardian angel shows up um, and shows George what his life would have been like if he had never been born, thus proving um, that, that he, had, he does have value. Um, and he has made an impact on the world um, by all the people in his hometown. Um, and in the end, all the people he has helped throughout his life end up giving him, just giving him the money that he needs um, to, um, to save the business and stay out of prison. Um, and there, then there's this like very beautiful scene at the end where everyone is in his living room and um, they all sing "Old Lang Syne" together. All Lang Syne together, 
and it's just like so touching it's just like he can like see like see the fruit of his labor for his whole life and how he's all these people that he's impacted like singing together and being generous with him and um yeah it's just it's it's amazing um also i just realized that so both charlie brown and it's a wonderful life end with a big group of people singing together i think that's a, hey. <laughs> that's a recipe for a good <laughs> that's right good, uh, christmas film um absolutely but... that makes for a great christmas movie <laughs> yeah. but um so like so like i said i've seen this movie like every year of my whole life and i remember i think i was like a, a teenager or so um and i realized like this movie is this movie's folk focusing all on the positive like nothing bad happens to the bad guy the bad guy steals the money and he just gets away with it like what gives and <laughs> um and um and i was just kind of like you know that's kind of weird because i feel like we have like a good like a good perfect story will wrap up all the loose ends including making sure that the bad guy pays for what they did um but that doesn't happen in this movie um and I was just kind of like, oh, well, that's, you know, that's interesting. Maybe back in the old days, they didn't care, <laughs> they didn't care about revenge as much as we do now. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have discovered since then, um, we've talked about SNL so much today, which really makes me happy. But uh, I have discovered <laughs> since then that there is there is an SNL skit that exists. It's from the 80s. I think it's from 86. And basically what happens is in the sketch, they discover the the like true lost ending of it's a wonderful life Uh and in the true are do you know do you know what i'm about to say i don't okay (laughs) in the true lost ending of it's a wonderful life according to snl somebody finds out that mr potter the bad guy is the one who stole the money and so everybody's at at george's house at the end of the movie and they're singing and um somebody comes in and is like mr potter's the one who stole the money and so they all march out of the they all march out of his living room and go find mr potter and just beat the crap out of him. Oh, wow. <laughs> it's, like, it's like dana carvey doing a jimmy stewart impression and like yelling at him and uh-huh. um and all it all and jan hooks is it's so good oh, uh, wow. and, uh, <laughs> and they're all just like you know beating up mr potter and then they all sing old anxiety together and it, that's that's the end <laughs> Um, <laughs> I just, you know, it's uh, it's so great. Um, but if anyone thinks that I am just biased because my parents made me watch this every year, um, I would I would challenge you to watch it. Uh, one of my one of my good friends, um, Tutu, hi Tutu, um, she grew up in Uganda and then came um, and met her in in New York, and I was like, you got to watch it. It's it's the best. And she had never seen it, never heard of it, and she watched it, and she said it was one of her, the best Christmas movies she had ever seen. So. Wow. That made me very happy. Um, and she had no bias except maybe to make me happy. But <laughs> You know, it's interesting you say that because it is uh, one of my mom's favorites. And I was uh, the the kid that you're talking about that, uh, <laughs> you know, the the mom was wanting uh, the the child to watch that movie with her. And I have to be honest, um I I've seen pieces of it, but I haven't seen the whole thing, you know, and I feel so bad for saying that, you know, because it, uh, it, 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 it sounds like I, I just, um, uh, I need to sit down and reevaluate, you know, after 
uh, hearing uh, just such amazing, I mean, you just have such an amazing way to describe these movies that, uh, <laughs> that, that really gets us in the mood to, to, to get them on our, on our list, you know, to watch this coming weekend while we're putting up our Christmas lights, or even if you want to wait till next weekend or the weekend <laughs> after that, whatever. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, I just think for the you... record, anyone can put up their Christmas tree anytime with no judgment from me. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, but to I be really fair, need... to be fair, Brent, it does it does take about three hours to watch this movie. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah. I um, I know I'm gonna have to um, I'm gonna have to uh, really just uh, sit down and watch it all the way through because uh, um, you've you've definitely sold me on it, absolutely, and. Awesome. Um, well, good. Uh, so moving me, on to... Let me, mm -hmm. uh, let me give you a, a drum roll for your number one. Uh-oh. Okay. So my <laughs> number one choice for Christmas movies, and I wish that my list had been, had included some of the, um, uh, you know, the, um, the ones that had come out in the past couple of years. But these are just, I, I searched and searched and searched. And in fact... Um, Tori, I was up at two thirty this morning <laughs> watching Christmas movies, and what's so crazy about it is you picked movies from different, uh, you know, different like um, Hulu and Netflix and and everything like that. And that was an idea that I had this morning. I was like, oh man, I need to change all of mine, <laughs> and I need to have one from each particular. You know, uh, I need to have one from Amazon. I need to have one from Apple. You know, that kind of thing. Um, but I just, I just, I tried so hard to find Christmas movies that were more recent uh, mm. to to add to this list because I, I, I so wanted it to be um, recommendations for for movies that uh, you know uh, folks may have not seen yet, right? But this one um, is my absolute favorite out of the bunch. It's one that I can watch over and over and over. And in fact, this particular movie. Um, I think you'll be surprised to know a fun fact on this one is that Frank Sinatra actually got the first dibs on playing the role of the key character in this movie. Right. And that key character is John McClane in the movie Die Hard. Now, I bet you didn't know that about Frank Sinatra. Right. How old was Frank Sinatra in 1985? <laughs> <laughs> How old was he? He was 73 years young. When he oh. smartly turned it down, right? <laughs> and so um, this this is uh, you know this is something that if um, uh, even uh, Clint Eastwood planned to take a stab at playing John McClane, so yeah. Um, so Bruce Willis was hardly the studio's first choice for the lead in Die Hard, right? I mean, he wasn't even their third choice. Um, now, uh, there were a lot of uh, other uh, celebrities that uh, were considered for this uh, key role here. Uh, rumor has it that Sylvester Stallone, Harrison Ford, Robert De Niro, Charles Bronson, Nick Nolte, Mel Gibson, Richard Gere, Don Johnson, Burt Reynolds, and Richard Dean Anderson. Yes, MacGyver. They were all <laughs> considered for the role of John McClane, and they all declined it. Right? Wow. And so, um, as I'm sure you're probably aware, Bruce Willis was considered more of a comedic actor when Die Hard came around. Mm. Uh, do you remember the TV series Moonlighting? 
No. With uh, Sybil Shepherd and Bruce Willis. This is really <laughs> aging me quite a bit here. I'm pretty saying, embarrassed I'm right sorry. now. <laughs> I, keep, um, I keep saying no whenever you ask me. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but believe it or not, Bruce Willis was barely even seen on the posters for Die Hard. Right? Hmm. And the reason for that is because the studio's marketing gurus were unconvinced that audiences would pay to see an action movie starring the funny man from Moonlighting, mm. right? And so the original batch of posters for the film centered on Nakatomi Plaza instead of the, the pictures of Bruce Willis, right? Mm. And as the film gained, gained steam, the marketing materials were altered and Bruce Willis was more prominent in the, in the uh, promos. Uh, and he was actually paid $5 million for Die Hard, which was considered to be a pretty major payday at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, he actually uh, suggested uh, Bonnie Bedelia for the part of his wife in Die Hard. Um, so these are uh, some really fun, uh, fun facts here. Um, let's see. He was able to, Bruce Willis was able to accept the role in Die Hard thanks to a well-timed pregnancy. Uh, the first few times that Bruce Willis was asked to star in the movie, he had to say no because of his commitments to Moonlighting. Mm-hmm. And then the, uh, his co-star, Sybil Shepard, announced that she was pregnant. Um, and because her pregnancy wouldn't work within the show, um, the producer, uh, Glenn Karen, gave everyone 11 weeks off, allowing Willis to say yes. So, um, you know, another uh, key uh, actor in, in this film was uh, Alan Rickman. Um, and he was actually in one of your uh, top five picks, I believe. Or was he in, um, there was another movie that you were, I think, it, well, I know what it was. It was Love Actually. That was, I, you said you're I, a big fan of Love Actually, I right? I agonized over putting Love Actually on my list. Yeah. I love that movie so much. And, <laughs> yeah. and Alan Rickman is in that movie, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I, so I watched Die Hard last night for the first time and I, I mean, so many feelings, but yeah, one of the feelings is surprise at seeing what such a young, young Alan Rickman with his goatee and his like half half-assed German accent uh-huh. <laughs> but he actually was a pretty I mean he's a good bad guy I don't <laughs> right yeah. and and what's so interesting about this is that um one of the movies that you that you recommended I believe it was your top four pick has some references to Die Hard doesn't it yes um Love Hard the title of Love Hard comes from uh the the titles of Love Actually and Die Hard. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Wow. And there are a couple of references throughout throughout Love Hard to those movies. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? Um, well, um, so actually, uh, some other fun facts here uh, that I can tell you about Die Hard. Uh, let's see. Nakatomi Plaza is actually called Fox Plaza. Uh, and yes, that's the corporate headquarters of 20th Century Fox, uh, the very studio making the movie. And it proved to be the perfect location for the movie's much needed Nakatomi Plaza, as all of it was still under construction. And there wasn't a whole lot that they needed to do to the space to make it movie ready. 
Mm. Uh, in fact, the studio charged itself rent to use its own space. <laughs> and um, the, uh, the room where the hostages are held in Die Hard is supposed to be Frank Lloyd Wright's Falling Water. I don't know if you knew about that. Mm. Yeah. Uh, let's see. What else can I tell you about it? Um, I, w I will say one thing I noticed watching last night, um, mm -hmm. and I was kind of, I watched it with a friend and we were kind of joking about, um, you know, just how, like, you know, I mentioned earlier how cultural values kind of change over time. And we were joking about how, like, you know, is, you know, talks about him and his wife. And we were like, is the wife, you know, he's, we know he's going to save the day, but is his wife going to get to help? Because like, if, right? if this movie was made today, like, of course, like, of course you would. It's like very important now that the, the narrative like is inclusive of that. And um, so, you know, I kind of made a joke about that at the beginning. Like, is she going to get to help, help save the day? And, um, and then, I mean, I'm just going to get on my soapbox for a little bit because I really like the movie, but at the, like, no, she doesn't. <laughs> and then, and then, and then um, she like, she gets the Rolex as like a congratulations for her job well done. And then uh, when he, at the very end, when he saves her and he pulls her back, she like, she loses the Rolex. It gets like pulled off her wrist and pulled into oblivion and I'm like, oh, <laughs> this is so different from how it would be today if this they were making this movie um oh, yeah and i just thought it's just so in, i mean it, you know it is what it is it was a different time but it's just so mm -hmm. interesting to see like how like our cultural cultural narratives change over time you know you're so right because um in the in the culture that you that you talk about in that film um she uses her last name Gennaro um, and, um, and so that was something that was, um, recommended by, um, the owner of the company, you know, that she mm -hmm. worked for. Mm -hmm. uh, and so it's amazing how you see, uh, the changes over the years, um, yeah. and, uh, the opportunities that have become available. Um, and, uh, so, yeah, it's, uh, it's definitely something that we, we, uh, we have to, to bring up for sure. Um, and uh, some other facts that I can tell you real quick about Die Hard. Um, if you notice, um, in the scene where McLean jumps into the elevator shaft, um, his stuntman was supposed to grab onto the first vent, but he missed it. And he missed by a lot, which made the footage even more exciting to watch. Uh, <laughs> because, it, you know, when you watch that particular scene, it, it looks like that dude was going down the elevator shaft, right? Yeah. You want how he was able to grab one. And Alan Rickman's death scene in Die Hard was also, uh, it was pretty scary, at least for Rickman, uh, because in order to make it look as if he was falling off of a building, Rickman was supposed to drop 20 feet onto an airbag while holding on to a stuntman, right? But in order to get a genuinely terrified reaction out of him, they dropped him on the count of two, not three. Oh, oh man, that's how you get like the that. reaction, right? <laughs> yeah. And uh, Bruce Willis actually suffered permanent hearing loss from shooting Die Hard. Mm. Um, so uh, the blanks used in guns in the movie were modified to be extra loud. And boy, that is just such a huge topic these days with guns and mm. movies, right? Yeah. Um, but in one scene, uh, Willis shoots a terrorist through a table, which put the action star in extremely close proximity to the gun. 
and cause permanent hearing loss. So um, due to the accident in that first Die Hard movie, he actually, um, he suffers two thirds uh, partial hearing loss in his left ear. Oh my goodness. Yeah, absolutely. Well, he, so, he yeah. I mean, he's, he's coming out on top though, I think. He, oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. how many Die Hard movies are there? Man, they're, they've, you know, kind of like the Fast and the Furious franchise, they made too many. <laughs> this last Die Hard they made, oh my gosh, man, I can't even believe they, I can't even believe they made that one. And yeah. uh, the same thing with the last Fast and Furious movie, oh my gosh. Mm -hmm. Sometimes they just take it too far, you know? Yeah. Well, I don't know if I will watch any of the sequels, but I, I have to say I will, I thoroughly enjoyed Die Hard. I think it's an excellent, excellent number one. Um, oh, well, good. Also, there's, I, I heard so much about like is Die Hard a Christmas movie kind of similar to what I asked about the Gremlins and I watched it last uh, night and I was like yes definitely a Christmas movie absolutely <laughs> a Christmas a <laughs> yeah and and uh, your top four pick Love Hard they talk about it there's one particular character in that movie that says that Die Hard is not a Christmas movie right that's the guy that she was actually wanting to fall in love with and then I won't ruin it but um, there, there's some really uh, fun, fun uh, information in there related to Die Hard. Um, <laughs> and uh, you just have to watch it to see. Um, but I, I, you know, um, so I, uh, I, I want to thank you for your time and your dedication to our listeners here. Because um, once again, you have amazed me with your ability to, uh, uh, you're just an amazing storyteller. You know, and I, I, I just I when I think about the way that you've described these movies um, and and the way that I've uh, illustrated mine, I think, man, you are you are by far the best movie critic out there. And I'm just happy to be a part of it. You know, I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm like the one that's I, I don't have the ability to describe it in such a way that you have. So I think you've um, brought some amazing uh, films to our listeners and I think that it's just it's so much fun doing this uh, show and and having a, a co-worker and a friend that uh, is into movies as as much as I am and oh, likewise. Uh, yeah yeah so, I, hey Brent don't dude don't sell yourself short man I I never in my life thought I would want to see the gremlins and now I do <laughs> oh you do okay yeah. good want to watch it immediately <laughs> well you know, I mean, they say that my, my talent has been in sales my whole life. So maybe I'm just good at recommending uh, uh, people to do things. But, um, well, good. Well, I think you'll really enjoy Gremlins. And I've got, um, let's see, I've got three movies on my list that I need to, I need to watch uh, for sure. And that would be your third choice, Happiest Season, second choice, Spencer, and top number one choice, It's a Wonderful Life. And um, so I'm definitely, uh, you have put me up to the challenge. I'm definitely going to watch those. And I'm looking forward to, um, you know, providing uh, more uh, recommendations to our listeners. And I, in fact, I think it would be great if we could um, in, in the next uh, uh, few weeks or maybe next month, uh, whatever works out with your schedule, I would love to do another one of these episodes 
Um, what do you think would be a, a good uh, topic for uh, for next time so I can get my my research going? You mean you think we should do another podcast episode? Absolutely. I think oh, we're, great. I think I think, you know, you've uh, you've shown uh, how amazing you are at this. And I, I, I've just got to be a part of it. So um, <laughs> I'll leave it up to you to maybe maybe after we do the next episode, maybe I can come up with uh, a selection for the third episode. But what do you think would be a good choice for the second episode? Well, I mean, let's see, we're going to be looking at the end of end of the year here. I think I think it only makes sense to do a year year in review. I mean, I, I already talked a little bit about how weird <laughs> weird 2021 was of a year um mm-hmm. but there were there were a couple good good movies that came out i would love to do a look back on on this year and um and uh, what what films we liked uh we each okay. liked hey i'm down for that so a year in review uh top movies uh for 2021 got yeah. it yeah all right Sounds great well, hey, I have certainly enjoyed um, doing this uh, podcast with you, Tori. It's been so much fun. And hopefully we've uh, brought some great suggestions to our viewers out there and given them some some fun facts and some reasons to check these movies out and spend time with their families this Christmas season. Um, do you have pitch anything and popcorn. else? Yeah, pitch and popcorn. Uh, pitch and popcorn. Everybody. Put some caramel <laughs> on it. Put some caramel <laughs> on it. Put some butter on it. Hey, put some chocolate on it. Whatever you do, listen for Pitching Popcorn. We'll see you next time. That's right. All right. Bye-bye. All right. Bye, Brent. Hey, thanks so much for watching. This has been Pitching Popcorn with Brent and Tori. Tune in next time where we're going to talk about the best movies of 2021.